And you're very welcome along to another edition of Across the Line with me, Shane Bro, for your Friday evening build-up to the sporting weekend in the Premier County. And on this week's show, we'll be looking ahead to Sunday's uh, big game which in the county, which is the Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Final between Ross Gray and Monaline of Limerick, and we'll be hearing from both camps ahead of that game. We'll be talking ladies football with uh, Tomas Matthews, ahead of the first-ever Tipperary LGFA Club All-Stars. We'll chat rugby with Nina Ormond's uh, John Long, and as ever, we'll be talking dogs with Barry Drake. So all that and more over the next hour or so and we'll begin with hurling where on Sunday at one o'clock at Parky Rin, Ross Gray go in search of a third Munster Club uh, hurling title when they take on Monaline of Limerick in the intermediate final. Uh, a game you can hear live on, here on Tip FM in association with Ross Gray Fuels. Paul Carroll and new Tipperary senior Camogie manager Dennis Kelly will be bringing you the action from Lee side. This is Ross Gray's. This will be Ross Gray's fifth Munster Club hurling final. The previous four coming at senior level where they were uh, successful in 1969 and 1970. The latter. Uh, leading on to become the first All-Ireland uh, club champions. They weren't as successful in 72 and 1980, but uh, 42 years on, they are back in a Munster final, albeit at intermediate level, uh, and will come up against a, a, a side from uh, in Limerick, uh, in uh, Monaline, who have a very, very strong uh, Tipperary connection, which uh, manager uh, Lee Mingland uh, referred to when he spoke to our own Paul Carroll this week. There is, yeah, sure. There is. You've owned Bradan there and you've uh, Jeremy Cleese and Chops there from uh, Ballon Hinch and I think Eamon Kelly from Kildangan is involved in, in uh, Moanlean as well. Yeah, so a bit of familiarity there. Uh, I know the guys pretty well, so yeah, I'm sure there'll be a bit of banter at three o'clock on, on Sunday, whatever way the game goes. And I suppose, how have preparations been? I suppose it's, it's kind of different leading into a final. Usually preparations maybe are, are kind of different than than a semi-final or anything like that. How has the last kind of couple of weeks been? Yeah, sure. Listen, it's it's a bit of the unknown. Even though, listen, we had we had experience from the county final. This, in terms of Munster final, it's very much unknown. It's been a long, long time since got rare in this situation. So it's a uh, it's hard to kind of benchmark yourself off any previous prep. But yeah, from, from our perspective, everything has gone well. Uh, the two week break in between matches has gone really well. So it's kind of a hard block of training directly after the match, and you can kind of ease up coming into the the match itself. So yeah, prep prep has gone really well. And coming out of that in a Scarra game, is there anything you can maybe take from that game? Anything you learned or, or wanted to work on following that game? Yeah, I should listen. The guys know there's always work on, no matter who you are, uh, when you finish a game. I suppose the, the pinpointing from that game will be definitely our shot ratio. I think we we had over 40, created over 40 chances again, which we have been kind of all year. But I think our, our, our conversion rate was in around 35 to 38% mark. And, if that continues into Sunday, uh, it won't be. It definitely won't be good enough. Like so, that's definitely one work on that we've we've taken out of the last game. And when you're working on that, is that more of a deciding what's a good shot to take and what's not a good shot to take, or is that working on actually doing shooting drills and training, or, or what way can you kind of go about yeah. tackling that? Yeah, isn't it? It's a fine line between both, really, isn't it? It's kind of like you don't want to deter the guys from taking that shot on, but at the same time, you do try and encourage working it into an area where you can get the shot away but also there is yeah there's probably an execution in their issue in their um, also as well which the guys need to work on themselves and we do kind of prep and training as well and to be fair in terms of that you can't have a, a better man than, than Eddie Brennan to lead the way and Eddie has done a lot of work over the last two weeks in terms of trying to change that and overall what has kind of Eddie brought to, brought to the whole setup? Listen, Eddie, he's, he's, he, uh, I don't need to kind of introduce Eddie in any capacity Eddie has eight or, or a lot of medals and 
he's been massive for us. Um, he's kind of dipped his toe at the start, but over the last couple of weeks, he's been definitely there more and more, and you can kind of see his influence over the last couple of weeks. Um, in terms of coaching or, or the message, it probably hasn't changed at all, really, over the last six months or seven months. But uh, I think just individual work of players and stuff like that, Eddie, Eddie's been absolutely fabulous. And throughout the year, I suppose, with all this trend, I'd imagine you've seen huge improvements in the players within your squad. Yes, you listen, you're going to see that. I think there's always a learning curve no matter as time goes on. But yeah, we have. We started off the year well in terms of the league. We're happy with our league campaign. Um, and we made it to the North Championship. And then we hit the ground running in terms of the county championship. So listen, there has been progression there all the way. And we hope that continues into Sunday again. And in, in a lot of your games this year, that kind of third quarter has been a real purple patch for you in a lot of those games. I don't know, is that something you're saying at halftime to, to drive the lads on? Or, or what way has that been the whole year? No, sure. It, it, it'd be hard to plan something like that, Paul, to be fair. It's, I haven't got a crystal ball to say and tell the boys this is the third quarter is when we're going to push. But um, I think, listen, the first half the last couple of games haven't been haven't been poor or anything like that. Uh, it's just, again, it's probably down to that shot ratio and stuff like that. That hasn't been great. But to be fair to the guys, in particular the last day, like we, we spoke very little as a management team in the dressing room the last day. It really did come from the players themselves. And when it's player or peer-led, it has that bit more of an effect. And you can see the guys did come out in the second half and kind of took the shackles off. And, uh, yeah, they definitely had a good third quarter again, similar enough to what they had against Bally Sagard as well. And going into this game now, have you seen much of of Monoline? Have you been able to get a glimpse of them at all? Do you know do, do you know what to expect from them? Yeah, sure. Listen, it's, it's the same when you're prepping for any team, really. And it's it's, it's uh, the beauty of modern technology. You can you, you do have the opportunity to to look at videos and stuff like that in opposition. So we would have like we would we've, we've looked obviously at the county final against Brough, and we've looked at the last game against Door Bearfield as well. And Listen, Monoline are obviously a fine team. They're there a minute merit. Um, they're obviously similar enough to ourselves in terms of. Uh, 2021 was a poor year in terms of relegation but they've uh, brought the guys in obviously and restructured the thing a bit and um, they're reaping the rewards now and I suppose one of the talking points coming into this was where this game was going to be Ross Gray Monoline you know if you're thinking halfway Nina or somewhere like that would have been ideal but it's it's down in Parky Rin um, what's your kind of whole, whole opinion on that Actually, listen, my, my opinion now is that listen it's, it's Parky Rin's a fine pitch a uh, good stadium. I've had good days before, so hopefully that continues into Sunday. But yeah, it probably would have been geographically for supporters and stuff like that. Nina probably would have made a lot, a lot of sense. But you can see the Munster Council's uh, viewpoint there in terms of uh, floodlights and stuff like that. But listen, we, we've 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 got over that hump over ten days ago. Now it's been parky rain. It's been since last Tuesday week, like our Wednesday week. So listen, yeah, we we're not going to. That's not going to be any sort of a gripe or anything like that for us. We're looking forward to the journey down. I know our supporters, there's a lot of bus loads and stuff like that going down from Rathray, so it'll be a good journey out for them guys as well. Yeah, I've seen that, that there seems to be a big buzz in, in Rathray ahead of this final, and you've had great support all year, and with buses going down, a lot of excitement, I, I suppose, around the place. I should listen, Paul, it's been absolutely brilliant around here, like a real buzz leading into Christmas and the whole lot. Um, a lot of support around the town, a lot of individuals um, definitely helping out in terms of... Uh, Bunting and flags and different bits, and I suppose it's hard to avoid the conversation here of the last couple of weeks, but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, we kind of set off out our stall at the start of the year and identified an opportunity here, and uh, the first part of that opportunity was kind of trying to bring a community together and a club together, and I think the guys, to be fair, we've managed that. Like, And an interesting kind of aspect of the game on, on Sunday is the fact that you're both wearing red and white as your usual colours they're going to be wearing the Limerick jerseys and you're going to be wearing the Tipperary jerseys. So I, I, that'll probably bring a bit of excitement, I suppose, to it as well. 
It does, to be fair. Listen, a lot of guys on, on our dressing room would have uh, wore the Tipperary jersey before, and uh, I'm sure this is having a Mona Lean jersey in terms of uh, or Mona Lean in terms of Limerick jersey. But yeah, any time you get to put on the county colours, it's a privilege. So our guys are treating it like that as well. Yeah, and there'll be a lot of lads I'd imagine saying, "Well, no, I, I used to play. I, I, I wore the, the blue and gold before as well. They can always they can always hold that with them for the for the rest of their life." Anyway. Yeah, exactly. And what better day than the ones to find it to do it? So yeah, and um, I suppose um, Ross Gray have a great tradition in Munster. Really, they've they've uh, been in four Munster titles or four Munster finals in your history. Um, and with that history and tradition, I suppose it, it might bring a bit of pressure to the whole thing. I'm just wondering, is that has that been a factor at all? Has it been more of an inspiration, maybe more than a pressure, or what way has that kind of been dealt with in, in Roscoe? I, I definitely think for this generation, Paul, it's it's been the latter. It's definitely been inspiration more so than anything else. I think, I think I might have discussed this before from my generation, and maybe even a little bit of generation before me. I think that kind of success of the 70s and 80s might have been a bit of a burden in terms of comparisons and stuff like that. And you're, it was always tough to step up to their mark. But in terms of now, 50, 40 years on, it's definitely inspirational for our guys. It's uh, We have a good bit of kind of lineage to the previous team as well in terms of um, grandfathers and uncles and granduncles and stuff like that. So it is. It's definitely inspiration rather than being any sort of pressure or burden on the guys. And finally, Liam, I suppose, what kind of game are you expecting? Is this going to be kind of two open teams playing a game of hurling or what way do you kind of see this game playing out? Listen, it'll be a mixture of everything, I think. Uh, the conditions are good. I think the pitch we know is going to be good. Uh, not much of a breeze, hopefully not too much rain. So this time of the year, you're always going to get that rook ball and that hustle-bustle and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's going to be a strong mi- mixture both. I'm watch- watching Mona Lean, they like to do a bit of hurling along with a bit of physicality as well. And we're no different. So I think it'll be a mixture of kind of Nice, nice hurling with a with a bit of uh, with a bit of kind of robustness in there as well. Ross Gray, <coughs> manager, uh, Lee Minglin speaking with our own Paul Carroll uh, ahead of Sunday's Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Final against uh, Monaline. And after the break, we'll hear from the Monaline manager on Brazlan. And you're very welcome back to the show. And we continue our build-up to Sunday's Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Final between Ross Gray and Moan Lean by hearing from the Limerick camp, Limerick Sides camp, which has a strong Tipperary element to it, spearheaded by manager Owen Brislan of Tumivara, who spoke with a Tip FM sports editor, Paul Carroll, earlier today. And he began by asking him to go through the strong blue and gold hue to the management team. There is, yeah. We have... Um Trevor Gallivan is our coach who we uh, inherited from, from Ballincollig in Cork. He's married to a Tumivara woman, Anita Mara. So uh, he's been, Trevor been working together for the last 13 years, believe it or believe it not. Um, right back. So we've had a, a long-standing relationship there. And you have Kevin Cummins, who's our goalkeeping coach. Uh, Kevin, according to Tumivara all his life. Um, Paul Tracy, um, another Tumivara man. Uh, first cousin, Tommy Duns. He's our S&C coach doing an excellent job with the boys inside, has an extremely fit and uh, relatively injury-free all year. And then we have um, Dermot Leeson, Van Hinchman. So Dermot is our, is our, is our backs coach and, and selector. So it's, um, it's a good crew of us there. Yeah, and and just going through it there uh, with the tomb experience, and I think uh, uh, Dermot, Dermot Leeson, and he heard with Newtown Shandrum as well. There's lots of Munster final experience between the lottie. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, which is great. And, I suppose from the Moan Lean's point of view, this is Moan Lean's uh, first ever Munster final hurling in the club. So, like, um, when we won the county final, this wasn't on our radar at all, really. Like, our, our remiss at the start of the year with the club when I met him was um, they got rele- relegated from senior back to intermediate and from junior A to junior B. And 
the numbers were, were, were dwindling, you know, but they have a very strong underage structure. So their whole thing was, could we come in? Could we, like, as basically a project? And that's what we liked about it was that we come in and they gave us, they said, listen, if we can get a backup senior within three years. So we've managed to do it with a one, which is great. And um, But there was no real mention of, come here, we wanted to drive on to Munster. But what we, what we did after Munster, after the county final, excuse me, was we met, we gave them a week off. We met, we sat down with the players and said, lads, do we want to give, a, give this a crack? And two men... They wanted to give it to give it a go, so um, we bet they were barefoot. Barely got over the line with a hard-fought battle, and here we are playing Ross Gray in the Munster final. And lads are buzzing, training is going well, and happy days, you know. And talk to me about the year so far. So they got relegated last year. So I suppose was there that pressure to bounce back up, or as you said, it's more of a more of a project? But how has the year kind of developed? How has the team developed as the year has gone on? Yeah, so uh, of course we went in like we didn't know any of the players. We, like, we've heard of Angela Touche Cosgrove. That's about it. So you heard centre back in that minor team at Limerick, but we, I didn't know any of the other, other players. I would have heard against Brian Geary, who was the only player I would have known from all the back to years. But like um, we we knew very little about him, I'll be honest. Yeah, and we went in totally blind. And sure, it kind of went. We the big thing for us was like they had a problem with getting numbers to train. They only had twelve and thirteen to train for last year. So our whole thing was was. Um, was 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 bring the whole team together. Like I, I went as manager, um, Trevor's coach, Dermot in a selector, but he's also the junior manager. And then Eamon O'Connell, who's our other selector, is the under nineteen manager, and we all trained together. And because there was such a crossover, like the average age of we forty four players, and the average age is twenty one point two, which is extremely young. So we all trained together, and um, it just worked. We just clicked, and we had a good bond there. And and uh, we, we we like we made training was tough, but it was we we, we made it enjoyable and. We organised a couple of different bonding things throughout the year. We were open to Devil's base and we went to Broadford. We went to different places throughout the year. and It just went from strength to strength, really, because even the, the Premier Intermediate Championship inside Nimerick, we didn't know much about it, like the Drummond Atlacas or the Effins and Kappa Moore and, and Len Rue. We, we didn't know much about them. So every game was a... But like we had seven matches and we won five out of the seven and we, we qualified half of the group and so it just it was just like a domino effect like so and the players responded and there I suppose a lot of the players would have came through the Limerick development squads and they're very receptive to the type of coaching that we do and we kind of play a Limerick style if you like to inside and, and, and creating space and that kind of stuff so they're very mm. receptive to that so so um, they're, I'll be honest with you, they're a pleasure to coach um, and the support from the from the top table and from there's a, there's a hurling committee of six in there and like anything they're really they're nice they really they really want to drive the club on they really see themselves as a sleeping giant because there's 844 juvenile members so they, they want to they want to be the the, the, the new Lapierre in 10 years time do you know what I mean so they, it's just, there's great excitement and, and I say Moline itself is, is really a football club by nature and because Limerick, Limerick is buzzing at the moment with the hurling going, there's hurling going so well at the inter-county, it's very easy. Like more young lads in there are have hurlies in their hands, and it's very easy to to um, to drive it on inside there. So like, listen, it's exciting, and we're we're kind of we're kind of bouncing off that Limerick effect too. So it's 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 great. It's it's and we're really looking forward to the weekend. You know. Yeah, and I suppose there is some similarities with yourselves and Ross Gray in the terms of Ross Gray were relegated last year had kind of promotion undermined this year and they're back up and so there, there is there is similarities between the two sides there is but I would say Moline were, were in a relegation final the year before as well so they didn't go down so they've been in two relegation finals in a row and they got went down last year where Ross Gray 
in my opinion, should have went down last year. There's no way Ross Gray or our intermediate teams or their senior side, like they went down. I seen them play Nina last year in the in the, in the championship, and they should have beaten Nina. Um, they just got into a bit, a bit of a spin, and when you when you start, sometimes it's hard to stop it. But like, um, but similar from the point of view, yeah, we were we both went down last year, and we're, and we're both back up again. But listen, Ross Gray have. Um, is even like the one thing like when you're when you're trying to set up against Ross Gray, there's so many hurlers, there's so many scoring forwards, or midfielders can score, or half backlands can score. Lee Mingan has done a fantastic job. He's brought in Eddie Brennan there uh, to help him out there for the last few weeks, and they really have him on a roll there. And they've played two matches in months from now, which will be a help to him. We've one played, um, but like listen, I, we're, like, they're obvious favourites, and um, which is which is fair enough, and that's understandable. But listen, we'll go down, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll give it a crack, you know. Yeah, so you're expecting a tough battle anyway from Roscoe? Oh yeah, listen, come here, they're, they're one to three favourites in the bookies for a reason, so um, they have the, they've, they've, they've good horrors all over the field, like, and absolutely, like, um, but in but like, it's a monster final, it's in Parky Ring, the weather is good, the pitch is immaculate, like, I think, I actually think they're, they're two real hurling teams, and I think it, it could be a real ding-dong of a match now, and, and it's, it's something to look forward to, you know? Mon lead manager uh, Oren Breslan uh, from uh, Tumivara who uh, speaking ahead of Sunday's Munster Intermediate Club hurling final against Ross Gray and that match is live here on Tip FM from uh, 1 o'clock Paul Carl and Dennis Kelly will be bringing you the action from that one um, just to quickly go through some of the other uh, fixtures for the weekend I suppose the final as it stands the final county final in, in adult uh, is to, this year takes place on uh, Saturday it's the county junior B football final Borland Duala up against Kilowan McDonough's in Temple Derry at 2 o'clock uh, Kilowan if they win that uh, a lot of their that uh, is their first football team so it'll be technically a double of uh, uh, it would be technically a double uh, uh, would be senior junior B so that guy find they're chasing more silverware tomorrow at 2 o'clock in Temple Derry and also there are four quarterfinals in the minor A football championship uh, tomorrow it was two quarterfinals tomorrow Ballina against Galtier Rovers in Kilcommon at 12 and at the same time in Salahed it's Newport against Cashel King Cormacks on Sunday the second uh, pair of quarterfinals it's Mile Rovers against Mike Harkey Burris in Bancha at 1 o'clock and Clamwell Commercials against J.K. Breckens in Cashel at half two and the minor re-quarterfinals three quarterfinals on Saturday Upper Shurston Ban against Carrick Swan in Monroe at 12 Mine Table 2 against Care in Ballyluby at 12 and in Castellani at 12 o'clock it's Air Og Sean Tracy's against Killer One McDonough's the final quarterfinal minor re-football that's been pushed back to Monday night Capo Height against Silvermines that's in Clonolty at half seven and just earlier on today the draw was made for the 2023 McGrath Cup uh, competition that's the pre-season uh, senior option and the uh, Tipperary senior footballers will begin their campaign for the year on Monday the 9th of January when they'll be away to Waterford and then the following Saturday they will have a home game against Limerick with the final if they get that far on Wednesday January the 18th the draw for the Munster Hurling League the pre-season Munster Hurling League that'll be made on Monday the 12th of December uh, with the fixtures to be announced uh, probably shortly after that and a lot of the, most of those games will be played in early January all building up to the start of the National Hurling League which uh, I think people it, it's creeping up I think the last weekend in January is when it's penciled in for uh, so it won't be long after the, the Christmas dinner has gone down that people will be turning their attention to inter-county matters for 2020 23. Uh, time for our, our next break and we'll be back in part three with Ladies Football. 
And you're welcome back to uh, the show. And we move to ladies football now. We're on Saturday, the 17th of December next at Care House Hotel. The first uh, Tipperary GLGFA All-Star Awards will be, Club All-Star Awards will be announced at a gala banquet. The 45 nominations which were announced recently will be whittled down to 15 and will be announced on the evening while Goal of the Year Junior, Intermediate and Senior Footballer of the Year Awards will also be presented. This is an historic occasion for Tip LGFA as it is the first time ever an All-Star Awards uh, have taken place concentrating exclusively on the club player and will be held anywhere in the country as is a huge personal honour for the nominees, their families, clubs and friends. So to hear more about these awards I'm joined by Tomás Matthews of the award sponsors uh, CK Streaming. Uh, Tomás, you're welcome to the show. Ten whole things. Uh, good to have you along, Tomas. I suppose. Um, I suppose. I suppose for the the first within this county and within I suppose Camogie and Gaelic football hurling don't have club all stars, but Tip L G F L A have uh, are I suppose starting out with this. Um, I suppose tell us more about it. Yeah, I suppose the idea came um, last year when we were covering the games. We were um, saying this with the effort that they're putting in and that now and they probably deserve the recognition and obviously we were still in COVID times last year to a certain extent so we couldn't do it and uh, we sat down with the county board in January and we put the proposal to them and uh, they were happy enough with it and we put a selection committee together to go around to club matches there for the course of the year Um, so whether the games were being streamed or not there was people being looked at uh, they were all given a fair crack of the whip to get nominated. So yeah, a couple of months ago, the, the forty-five nominations were announced. So how um, how will the final fifteen be selected? Um, after the nominations were announced, each club secretary received a link to send to their players and management teams, and club officers were all entitled to vote on this. And they're currently voting. Them that voting stays open to and. Uh, next Saturday evening and uh, the tallies will be put together then after that like so obviously anybody that was voting couldn't vote for anybody in their own club to kind of make sure that there was no bias or anything in it and there's been a huge response to it So this All-Star team it'll be it'll encompass senior intermediate junior it'll be one one team from all those grades it'll be it'll be mixed up after three grades yeah I suppose looking at it it probably would have been easier to do a senior and intermediate in the junior team, but I suppose that's something that they can look at in the future. Because, look, you know yourself, uh, you'd often hear um, lads on the Sunday game and that they say nobody is ever guaranteed an All Star. I know myself from the selection committee, uh, just whittling down 45 was a very hard job to do. Like, So I suppose looking into the future, you could probably do senior, intermediate, and junior teams. Like. As you said, the 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 response has been um, has been very very impressive. I'm sure, like like any like anyone, I suppose any intercounty person when they get the nomination, I suppose the the thing after that is, God, you'd love to make the final fifteen. I'm sure having this special night in in the Care House Hotel, um, uh, what tomorrow two weeks, um, it'll it'll make it feel extra special, a bit of glitz and glamour as well. Yeah, look, it's uh, as you said, there's a historic night for. Club football, not only in Tipperary, but in the country, it's the first time it's ever been done. And I suppose for a lot, uh, like if you look at the 45 nominations, um, 33 of them uh, were 
exclusively club players that they weren't involved with a, an inter-county team which is a, another thing as well so um, that possibly by the, them girls being performing is probably putting them in the shop window for the likes of an, an inter-county management selection in the future like Absolutely, as you say, like you had a, a great senior champion in Feather, Dynamo Sweep, Mullinahone, um, next on Saturday week, they'll be in Crow Park in an All Ireland final. So, a really exciting time for ladies' football in the county at the moment. Ah, it's huge. Like, um, I was in Callan last Sunday now with Mullinahone, and like what they've achieved over the last uh, two years has been absolutely phenomenal. And hopefully, they can get over the line next weekend. Um, like, they were unlucky against St. Joe's, like, people forget that. That final was only played on the 12th of February this year, or the 5th of February, sorry. And they're back uh, 10 months later in, a, in their second All-Ireland. Some people would be lucky to get one in a lifetime. They're getting two in in 10 months. Absolutely, and, and like, they're getting the TG Cahar showing it live on Saturday week as well. So like, uh, so if anybody who can't get to Crow Park on, on Saturday week, uh, if you can get down in front of a telly and watch it, it'd be great. Just, just back to the All-Stars itself, um, I suppose in terms of anybody who wants to go on the night, uh, is there still tickets available? Yeah, there's a limited number of tickets still left, Shane, and they can contact ourselves uh for them, like my my don't mind giving out my own number. It's oh eight six three two six zero nine nine six, and also there's there's post banquet tickets as well. So uh, if anybody wants to come in after the after the award ceremony and uh, dinner, they're more than welcome. There's post banquet tickets available. Like there's music there um, with southbound from half nine, followed by DJ Matty, which. Uh, a bare extension and the whole lot like so um, it's going to be a super night a super night of celebrating lady football in Tipperary and I suppose people are in the festive spirit then as well like so uh, it's going to be a great night and uh, like as I said there's a limited number of tickets left so anybody looking to get a ticket want to make a move fairly short yeah absolutely so um, so there's still time for somebody to to uh, vote for the team of the year what, what about the um, the individual awards and the goal of the year and all the other uh, other um, awards yeah they would have all received a link for that as well where the nominee now I know um, that I know the, the nominations for that uh, they're very tight at the moment so if any of the if any of the players haven't voted, um, uh, I'd advise them to vote there fairly soon as well. But that's up until 12 o'clock la- next Sunday night, uh, or ne- next Saturday night, sorry. Um, and the, it'll be closed then, and we'll be tallying them then on Monday um, to get ready for the following Saturday night. So there's still plenty of time there to, to vote then as well. If if you haven't received the link for it, if the if the contact is, or if the contact to the club secretary, they'll get it from the club secretary as well. Mm-hmm. So, like the, the forty-five nominees, they'll all be there in the night. So, not, not, so it'll be well. Uh, any, anyone else was it'll be great. They'll all be surprised. Whichever fifteen will get it will be. It'll be all new. To, it'll be. They'll all be announced in the night. Is, uh, is what I'm trying to get. Yeah, to. yeah. Even even the uh, the we have. I've been kind of working. John Cork is working with us on the awards, and um, like John was saying to us about putting names on awards, and we said no. We de- we actually don't want anybody known until the, you know yourself with all stars and that now 
there's often a leak there now, but there won't, there won't be anybody that'll know until they're revealed on the night. Absolutely, no, it's be a, <coughs> I'm sure it'll be a, a special night, but I suppose while I have you, um, we're not too far away from the start of the 2023 campaign, and just yeah. during the week, the, the National League figures uh, fixtures were announced for Tipperary, um, Division 2 campaign there have 7 games an incredible 6 games at home so I know there's been other counties and other divisions are sort of they're I suppose they're a strange set of fixtures but I suppose Tipperary uh, I suppose have got to maybe make the make good use of this um, and maybe get into uh, into a promotion ra- battle Yeah I, that's right and I suppose um, with the 7 games and all 6 at home as you said uh, with the 7 games they're probably they probably have a, a chance to blood a few more players as well. I suppose the last two years you were talking about playing three games, it was cutthroat from the start. Lose one game and you could be in a, in a case of relegation. And uh, like we've seen that uh, where teams weren't possibly blooding young players. But um, like if you see the talent that's coming through there, there's no reason why they shouldn't be pushing for promotion. Like uh, that has to be their number one target at the start of the year. And uh, take every step at time after that, really. Absolutely. They, I think have, it's, they, uh, have to, they have to make that home advantage count. Yeah, I think it's only uh, six weeks' time in the first round of the National League, so it it won't be long in coming. Um, Tomas Matthews of CK Streaming, uh, thanks for joining us and best wishes with the uh, Tipperary Club LGFA All-Stars in a fortnight's time. Thanks for having us, Shane. And uh, just a reminder, if you want to purchase tickets for that event on Saturday, the 17th of December at Care House Hotel, uh, you can contact uh, Tomas on 086-326-0996 or I suppose contact your local uh, TIP LGFA club and I'm sure they will have the details as well. Uh, time for a final break and we'll be back in part four with rugby and greyhound racing. And you're welcome back to the final part of the show. And uh, just before we move on to soccer, just a couple of soccer fixtures this weekend. There are no games in the North Tipperary and District League Premier Division this weekend. But in Sartow Tipperary, there's one outstanding game in the fourth round of the FEI Junior Cup. St. Michael's looking to uh, progress to round five. And the last 32 day, welcome uh, Port Law of Waterford to Tip Town at two o'clock on Sunday. And three games in the Clamwell Credit Union Premier League. At 11.30, it's Wilderness Rovers against Town, And then at 2.30, it's uh, Peak Villa look to build on last weekend's brilliant win over Pike Rovers in the FAI Junior Cup they host Two Mile Boris and Clonmel Celtic host V Rovers and then moving to rugby we're into round 8 of the All-Ireland League on Saturday where in Division 2C Clonmel go for their fourth win of the campaign when they make the relatively short trip to Brough. In Division 2A, Cash will make the long trip to Belfast to take on promotional rivals Queen's University, while Nina Ormond aim to take down the league leaders for the second Saturday in a row after they, they defeated uh, Queen's University last week and uh, Backrock College moved to the top of the table and that is who Nina take on tomorrow in Stradbrook at half two. And to talk about that game and reflect on their campaign so far, I'm joined by Nina Ormond, Director of Rugby, uh, John Long. John, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Shane. Good to have you along, John. Um, I suppose, John, we can't probably not <laughs> reflect on last week, first of all. Um, I think I was at the game and reporting for the paper, and I sort of said it probably was your best probably team performance in quite some time. Was that how you assessed it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think people got the bang for their buck when they went last Saturday. It was an entertaining match and a serious performance from the lads, you know. Um but I suppose, look, it's building for it's building for a long time. Over there was a big uh, lull for the last couple of years with players in, players out, and a lot of work was done, and 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 a lot of work was put in this year pre-season, and and games have been building slowly, and 
last week's performance was was the kind of standard we've we've kind of set with the lads, and 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 they really they really performed last week. Yeah, how much was it? It was Queens that was the best team in the division. You had to get up for them. And how much was it the previous game against Gold Crescent where you you coughed up a big lead and lost the game you really shouldn't have lost? Yeah, I suppose not. Like it's you can never tell. Like I suppose we spoke about it a few times, but there's no team there you fear. I mean, you just have to. It's ever it's whoever the, uh, turns up on the day, you know. And it can often be a mental battle, or you know, um, at, at the occasion and different factors, and uh, you just have to try and get past that and and. We spoke a lot about that after the Crescent game, and home advantage last week was a big thing, and it was a it was a, a good a good uh, unbelievable performance, and hopefully it has done big things for for the players mentally and and shown them what they're capable of, and and they carried on to tomorrow. Yeah, I thought that thought the standard was incredible, that the pace of it, the intensity of it, and I thought from from your point of view, like in that last twenty minutes. Um, they look burnt out while you look like you still had the stamina and, and the strength to, to power on for, for the victory. Yeah, the bench was a massive thing last week. Um, I know we've been cursed with injuries over the last couple of years and, and not no consistency in the, in the team. But um, credit to the coaches and the, and the strength and conditioning and everything that has been going on for the last few months. Guys aren't um, getting knocked as easily and, and uh, they're, they're, they're able to get through matches and training without it getting injured and uh, having the strength and depth in the bench to come on and, and finish out games like that is, is huge Yeah I know um, you, you made a, a strong um, a strong point this year to get the, the second team up and running properly and have a good depth to, to pick from and I suppose we're seeing that they, if you could probably go back to the, the team that probably started the first game of the league it, it's evolved quite a lot there's an awful lot of guys coming in and out and it, it it's not really affecting performance that much no, there's solid numbers of training every week, and everyone is, you know, uh, playing off the same page and 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 know the moves, know where they can have to slot in and out of, and it, it's it's just making life easy for the coaches and and hard at the same time to the team, you know. Um, but it's a good place to be and a good plan to have. Yeah, um, I suppose you're you're as I said, you, you took out Queens last week, who were top of the table. Black Rock went top. You're going to Blackrock tomorrow, so um, I'm sure you're you're going in there. In I suppose in the ideal fashion, like looking to great confidence. Absolutely, yeah. Just to carry on from from last week and and keep that keep that intensity and and pace and and I mean, you as I said, you wouldn't fear anyone. It's just making sure these lads show up on the day and, and, and do what they know they should know they can do. Yeah, and I suppose particularly um probably a lot of new phrases in your in your pack this year. Um maybe guys that have been there for a while but maybe the likes of Mikey Dore and Jake O'Kelly really have, have, have knitted maybe making it very difficult for you not to pick them at this stage. Jake o- Jake O'Keefe as well or sorry Jack O'Keefe. Yeah. Yeah, no they've all stood up um massively and been huge additions. Jake missed a lot of last year with injury and you know, Jack has transitioned into a completely new position. That, from what he's played for all his all his uh, playing career so far, you know, and he's taken to it really well, standing out every week. Um, it's just added massive boost boost to the team and the squad. Um, I I I know it's all about keeping in the hunt for for the playoffs. Um, uh, just in terms of I suppose. 
I know Derek Corcoran is sort of the backs players coach as well is there sort of a a thing with I know we know Derek is an outstanding player but in terms of maybe trying to hold him back and maybe give the likes of Conor McMahon and a few guys that maybe you have to like Derek is a fantastic player but also looking to the future as well and, and blooding guys maybe in key positions yeah and that's I suppose what we're doing you know um, we'd hope to introduce Conor to 10 a few games back but with a, an injury that didn't allow that to happen and Thankfully, Derek. Luckily, Derek was there to. He's just an outstanding athlete. I mean, he's 39 years of age. He's still playing like a 19-year-old, you know. And uh, uh, it's great to have him there to to come in when needed. Um, but yeah, Connor Connor uh, did really well at 10 last week, and it's definitely something we're keen to to progress with. I know you you, you won't. I suppose you secu- it's a key set of games, isn't it? Because you have Blackrock and they give Navin the following weekend, and there's a Munster Senior Cup semi final. So, like, it's a busy time coming up to Christmas. Yeah, just, and uh, after Christmas, then we have the Charity Cup final, you know. So, where other teams are getting a break, we're going to have full on uh, for the next six weeks or more. Um, so, it's, look, it's exciting times. It's good. It's, uh, we're a positive place, and um, it's, it's uh, all to play for now. And we wish you well tomorrow in Stradbrook in round eight of the All Ireland League. Uh, John Long, director of OB at uh, Nina Orman. Thanks for joining us on the Cross the Line. Thanks, Shane. Sorry, thanks to John there. And at this time of a Friday night, time to talk dogs. Tip FM's Greyhound update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. And we welcome back uh, Barry Drake to the show. Uh, Barry, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, how's it going, Shane? Uh, great to be on again. Good stuff. Uh, so, Barry, were I suppose the, the big uh, meetings. Um, I suppose the last big meeting of the year is uh, drawing towards a conclusion tomorrow night in Limerick. The semi-finals of the Irish Saint Ledger and a couple of big uh, local dogs still in in the hunt. Yeah, that's right, Shane. Look, it's been another wonderful competition at the uh, Limerick Greyhound Stadium. At thirty thousand euros uh, to the winner of this um, great event that has produced. Uh, some sensational winners and you know people will have great memories of this competition over the years and um, as I said look it's been a a wonderful competition over the course of the last couple of weeks we've had plenty of shocks as well along the way but looking ahead to the uh, two semi-finals tomorrow night uh, Bacchus Crystal will start as uh, favourite in the opening semi-final she's trained in Golden by Graham Holland she was out of luck last week but um, she's delivered uh, some really impressive displays in previous weeks and when she drew trap number one uh, last week for this week's semi-final, I think a lot of people had her picked out as the obvious winner. So she's going to take plenty of stopping there in that opening uh, semi-final, as I said, from the plum draw of trap number one. That's Bacchus Crystal. The obvious danger is trap number five, Bob Slade Dream, trained in Kappa White, Pat Buckley. Uh, 29-44 winner last week. That was a uh, another top-class display there from a lady uh, that has uh, been involved in all the big competitions over the course of the last couple of months. But she does have a difficult draw in trap number five, and I think the main danger could be the Dolores Root train, Mustang Jet, of course, this ground has strong uh, temporary uh, connections as well, of course, uh, co-owned by Sean Burke uh, in, in Clonmel, Paul Horrig, the other joint owner, and um, this ground has drawn for a big run on the outside of the track, but it's going to be Bacchus Crystal to get the better of Mustang Jet for me in that opening semi-final, Shane, and just in ter- terms of the second semi-final, you have the likes of Romeo Magico for trainer Graham Holland in trap number two. He's the English Greyhound Derby champion. You have Weekend Dream in trap number three for Patrick Gilfoyle. And keep an eye on trap number six, who could run well at a big price. Anna Bailey, um, who's trained by Rachel Wheeler in goal. And, of course, Rachel Wheeler, Wheeler has won 
big race competitions in the past. This one caught my eye in defeat last time. It's going to start as a big price, but I think it has strong uh, claims of progressing through uh, to the final, and that would be um, a nice story for uh, supporters of the Rachel Wheeler uh, kennel. But Belly Mac Run will take plenty of beating. Trap number one for Liam Dowling. 29-49 winning performance last week, and uh, drawn in trap number one. I'm sure that'll come in for uh, strong market support, Shane. But look, all to play for as the semi-finals take centre stage in Limerick tomorrow night. And uh, moving on to the uh, local meetings, I suppose we're we're um, at this time of the year festive meetings. A lot of people maybe like to try maybe go to uh, Greyhound meetings as part of their Christmas parties, and so they'll probably have a lot of good racing to watch as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, the the Christmas parties up and running. I've seen some lovely images on, on social media over the course of the last couple of days. So. Um, they're they're underway at the various tracks around the country. In terms of Clanbell tonight, it's the usual start time of 7.30. A greyhound that caught my eye in defeat on debut was a greyhound called Hollywell Lewis. It runs in race number two in Clanbell tonight. Uh was out of luck on debut, as I said, caught my eye when finishing third. It's owned and trained by Andrew Maloney in Clanbell. And I think this April puppy will take plenty of beating. So if we're heading along to uh, Clanbell tonight, put that one in your notebook. Moving on to Turles. Um, on Saturday night they have their usual racing program down for decision 7.35 start looks uh, quite com- quite a competitive and uh, nice night of racing um, at Turles but one to, to watch out for uh, race number 7 Cabra Cleo who's on the train by Paddy Scally in Turles uh, ran well in defeat last time when finishing second that looks like it's returning to its top form and should run a big race there from trap number 1 in the seventh of the night there um, in Turles. And back to Clonmel then on Sunday night, the usual start time of 7.30. I'm sweet on the chances of Emer's Dixie, who runs from trap number one in race number four, owned and trained by Emer Dunn in Turles. It was a 28.71 winner two starts ago. Ran well in defeat last time when finishing third behind a, a really good sort. Um, I think this is a slight drop in class. And from trap number one, I think Emer's Dixie can dominate from start to finish. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on in um, Clanmel there on Sunday night. And finally, just like to give a greyhound to mention that's running in Galway on Saturday night, Liz Nikhil Lance, who's owned by Michael Rafferty and uh, Martin McLaughlin from Nat. Uh, they tune to in every week. And um, this greyhound uh, is quietly fancied, I'm told, and has some good form in the book. Looks to have a great draw on trap number one. It's running in race number seven there in Galway on Saturday night. So that's Liz Nikhil. Lance and I know it's going to have plenty of support up there in Galway so we'll be rooting for another Tipperary winner um, in Galway on Saturday night Shane so a lot to look forward to once again over the course of the weekend Absolutely and we'll wrap it up and I suppose building up to the Irish St. Linger final on next week's uh, show uh, Barry t- thanks for joining us on Across the Line Thanks very much Shane Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. Great to see the, the tracks are so busy at the moment uh, for the Greyhounds and I suppose uh, the same with uh, horse racing. It was a big re- weekend of racing uh, in Fairy House building up on Sunday three grade ones as I suppose the, the big uh, Leopardstown meeting in uh, uh, the yeah, Christmas is coming up close and it's going to be great to see Honeysuckle back on the track on Sunday in a fairy house in the Hatton's uh, Grace Hurdle and uh, as was everybody at this stage thinking March time and maybe a battle between Honeysuckle and Constitution Hill might be in the offing but uh, more of that and on and that is it for this week's show I want to thank all my guests and my producer uh, Paul Carroll don't forget that we are live this evening from Buddies in Caparoo just uh, outside Nina for the latest uh, Tipperary J Clubs Raw that'll be at 8 
8.30pm then on Sunday at 1 o'clock we'll be live in Cork for the Munster Club Intermediate Hurling Final between Ross Gray and Mona Lean. I'll be back next Friday for another edition of Across the Line after the news at 7 it is Premier Country with Carl Power bye for now